What's up, world? Welcome to the Positive Truth, uplifting, positive news from more progressive society. Tim, what are we trying to bring? Here at the Positive Truth, we're trying to bring awareness, empowerment, inspiration, optimism, and understanding the community separately. Oh, that's that funny. <laughs> it's actually hilarious what you just did. Oh, man. Good job. Good job. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. This is the Positive oh, Truth. Man. We're all about that positive news. We do that every Monday and Friday. On Fridays, we also have an interview where we talk about an issue, why it's an issue, facts about it, how you can change it for the better. Today, I dragged Tim into doing and <laughs> we're talking about Truth Decay. It's a book I read that I made Tim read. It's only 300 pages, man. It's like 100 pages of sources. I have a straight face right now for those I can't see. It's an awesome, awesome book. I wanted to talk about it. There's also a summary, so you don't have to read the whole book if you didn't want to. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> awesome book. That's what we're talking about. Everyone's talking about fake news. We're going to talk about Truth Decay. It is a RAND Corporation published book by Jennifer Cabron and Michael D. Rich. I totally ruined her name. But you can actually check it out and read it for free. Put the link in the description below. But before we get to that, we got to spread some positivity. Talk about positive news stories. Tim, go for it. Absolutely. Well, in California, they will require every new house to have solar panels. That's dope in itself. Um, Every new home that's built, it's gonna cost about $9,500 extra, but the homeowners will save about $19,000 over 30 years in the form of reduced energy bills. I thought it was super cool. That is super cool. Going green in 2018. It's almost like we should get into the solar industry. Hmm. Good job, JP. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Anyway, I wanna highlight. <laughs> I feel like we're super delusional, man. Just a lot of inside jokes. This is what happens when we don't do it, when we see each other. Too many jokes that come beforehand. What's audio on Mondays, it's just like, let's get to it. Anyway. That's true. It's positivity. People like hearing us laugh. That's why they're here. Absolutely. We did a story, or I did a story a month ago, about a positive news story about the Hmong Mutual Assistant Association program. What they do is they take graduation robes and they donate them for anyone that can't afford a graduation robe, robe that's getting that's going to graduate in May. I know graduation season is over, but you know there's another one coming up in December and then next May. And I think it's awesome that they're helping these people out that can't afford a cap and gown. That is pretty dope, man. Cap and gowns can get expensive, so for people to not be able to walk across the stage just because they don't have a cap and gown, that's devastating. So I think that's awesome. Says the lowest cap and gowns here are forty-two dollars. That's ridiculous. Forty-two dollars for a high school student, man. Do you remember in high school, twenty bucks was gonna last forever? I eat a lot, but yeah, I feel like it did last forever. That was a solid four meals. Exactly. It wasn't the most healthy meal. I mean, the dollar menu was like the thing. You know? Anyways, let's let's let's, <laughs> let's talk about our topic today. So today we're talking about. Oh, our sponsors, I did it again. I Talk apologize. So please, our sponsors, Hubbly Bubbly and Trifecta. I don't know why I did this. I, I'm copying JB <laughs> way too much today. Um, so yeah, Hubbly Bubbly Hookah Lounge, super awesome place to be. They have super good food there. Hookah, if you want to do that. They have live shows. They have all kinds of stuff. In fact, we even had a live show there for the podcast one time that you guys can check on our... Uh, iTunes, YouTube, iTunes. SoundCloud, and Google Play. Man, go ahead, JP. And then uh, Trifecta, where we record this beautiful episode. 
any of your uh, novelty needs, glass needs, there you go. <laughs> hit up Tripack OKC. Um, that being said, let's get the truth decay. What is truth decay, man? Do you want to talk about the t-shirts? Oh, we do have t-shirts too. Dang, we got a lot going on here at the Positive Truth. I remember we started with nothing. Um, <laughs> we have t-shirts. They're black. They're gray. They're twenty dollars. All proceeds go to some super non cool nonprofit organizations. Rain. Um, Positive tomorrow. Positive tomorrow's. Wow, we did an interview with them, Tim. Get it together. And sexual assault, right? Rain. Yes. Rain. That's rain. I said rain. There's another one. Oh, American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. There we go. Good job, JP. <laughs> Now, <laughs> if you want a free t-shirt, leave us a five-star review on iTunes and a comment. Email us and we will send it to you. Or get us 10 Facebook followers or 10 Instagram followers, 10 Facebook likes. Twitter. Get us 10 anything and we got you. We're throwing at you. I'm just kidding. Like, share, and subscribe. You. Let's get to Truth Decay. All right, let's do that, man. Please, let's talk about what is Truth Decay because JP was like, we're doing this. And I was like, all right. And now we're here. So on the book, it says Truth Decay is an initial exploration of the diminishing role of facts and analysis in American public life. Hmm. <laughs> so proper. So that's what truth decay is. In many areas of American society today, facts and data are essential to survival or necessary for success. We make a lot of complex decisions and they require high confidence, no opinions. We need facts. Right. We're going to we don't have facts. We have a distrust in our media. If we don't use facts, it erodes, it erodes civil discourse, weakens key institution, and it hurts us economically, diplomatically, and it has basically cost for our culture. That's what truth decay is. Very, very interesting. So when I hear decay, I think of like something that's old. Like, is this a new topic or is it something that's been there for a while? Like stuff that we just haven't talked about. So, you ever heard of fake news? Absolutely, it's been, woo, we all heard fake news, let's be real. So, the person we don't talk about has basically said on his Twitter feed, like, I call anything that says something negative about me fake. He actually had an awards, like 20 different news outlets that he gave awards so to any, fake news. Like, so there's this, I, it's just a distrust. So in the book, since I read it. Exactly. <laughs> Also, books for free, but you should check it out. Link is down below. It talks about basically this is the fourth time we've had truth decay in American society, but that's not really important. What truth decay really is, is it's increasing disagreement about facts and the analytical interpretation of that data and facts. It's a blurring of the line between opinion and facts. They're increasing relative value, like the influence of opinion over fact and personal experience over fact and declining trust in respectable sources of factual, of factual information. So a good example of this would be in the book, they said the shift in opinion about the safety of vaccines. Fact is like vaccines really help us. Do you want your kid to have polio or the measles? Exactly. Stuff that should have been gone decades ago. But it's coming back because kids aren't vaccinated. People aren't vaccinated kids because people are scared of vaccines they don't trust the facts that's truth again exactly i like that okay that makes sense now i'm starting to understand jp i like this i like this. are you telling me you didn't read all 300 pages oh, i definitely didn't read all 300 pages even the summary that i read i was like yo what the hell are we talking about right now but i caught the gif of it but at the same time i'm like all right jp's gonna have to explain this so i'm excited so that's that's basically like the, that's a 
that's what in the book they said an increasing disagreement about facts and analytical interpretation of facts and data. Another thing they talk about is the blurring of the line between opinion and facts. So this is like a new, like let's say New York Times, they post a column and it's really an opinion piece, but they don't put opinion piece anywhere on that. They've switched. Now every every new site puts opinion pieces now. Gotcha. But for years, you would read something, it would just be opinions. Opinions, 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 opinions. And that's being you, the gullible people we are, we took them as facts, didn't we? A lot of people did, yes. Of course, especially if it's something you already agree with. So if it's an opinion piece, like you get this a lot in sports. You get people that they're not watching any, much of the games, they're not going and talking to the coaches, but then they sit at a desk in the morning and they say crazy things. So-and-so isn't clutch. He needs to be fired. Right. So, and they just say crazy things. And the same thing happens in the news, political sphere. It's like, Obama's the worst president ever. He's doing this, he's hurting us. Right. The person we don't talk about is the worst president ever. He's doing this, he's saying all this. It's just opinions, not actual facts. The, the, another example is they saying like speculation, opinion, and social media drown out actual facts and data. So this is talking about topics. Think about immigration, jobs, and crime. Immigration is kind of a hot bucket issue, hot, right. hot topic issue with a hot bucket. Yeah, I thought that was a new hot, saying hot, and I was like, all right, I'll go with it. Hot pocket issue. Hot pocket issue. <laughs> hot on the outside, ice cold on the inside. Bars. <laughs> so it's a hot, like immigration is a hot topic issue. Gotcha. How many people know how many undocumented immigrants are in the country? How many people know how hard it is to become an American citizen? How many people know about the lack of immigration courts? What about this? Like there's a lot of ideas that they're all coming from Mexico. Right. Most undocumented immigrants don't come from Mexico, from like Guatemala. Right. What about that? The fact that most of them, like they commit less, they're criminalized more they commit less crimes than American citizens, for sure, absolutely. And so they can go to jail for like not wearing a seatbelt, right? And that's considered like a massive crime. We don't get that. So not only so they're even their crimes, most of the crimes they're committing are actually lower stuff we would get a ticket for. Exactly. Gotcha. But, but so how many people know this? It's just like build a border wall. Don't build a border. Stuff like this, like you never actually hear these things. You just hear opinions, speculation, falsehood. It overrides these facts, these basic questions, these basic numbers. And then there's just a decline in public confidence and trust in government, newspapers, television news, books, presidency, just about everything. Hmm. So even if you read a paper that has all these facts in it, like we did the episode on black economics, right? Right. About how hard it is for black men in America to earn the same amount as white men. Right. It's like, I don't trust these sources. Like, did you read the paper? There was 200 pages of sources there. Well, aren't, I'm still gonna question it because if another paper comes out with 500 sources, wouldn't you, has different views? I was like, well, I think you missed the point of it. Like, <laughs> they did this They did this research this way because that was a criticism of all the other previous right. research. So it's, it's constantly building. But if you don't agree with it, you can just dismiss it all. Like, I'm just gonna question it, blah, blah, blah. That's what truth decay is. See, everything that you just talked about, there's this really cool chart that I'm looking at on the summary, right? That like went in order of exactly what you were saying. You see that? <laughs> I wonder if uh, our super producer can post this because it's actually pretty amazing and it went word for word with everything you're talking about, man. 
Um, it actually ended up with the consequences. What are the consequences? I actually haven't seen this in our Yeah, man, it's pretty dope. It says at the personal, community, national, and international level, erosion of civil discourse, uh, political par paralysis, ooh, good job, Tim, <laughs> alienation, and disengagement, and uncertainty. Absolutely. So what causes truth decay, Tim? Since I think you have it pulled up. Do I? Oh, you don't have it pulled up. Where is this? Where did you find this? <laughs> Take that, Will. Oh, you got the shortened version. I got the actual book. Anyway, so in the book, <laughs> oh, okay. In the book, it says characteristics of cognitive processing, such as cognitive bias. So this was my favorite part of the book. This is what I really want to talk about. Okay. Listen, the ways in which human beings process information and make decisions cause people to look for opinions and analysis that confirm pre-existing beliefs. And we more heavily weigh personal experience over data and facts. And we rely on mental shortcuts and opinions of others that are in our same social network. These tendencies tend to contribute to the blurring between opinion and fact. And in most cases, just allow opinion to, subs to substitute for facts. So for instance, if I believe that women are treated equally in society, I'm going to take I'm only gonna like look for things that pre like I'm only gonna that prove me right. That, yes, that prove me right. Like, oh, here's an economic paper that shows why there's a gender pay gap. It shows it just because women aren't as good; they're not working as hard. Right. Because you didn't actually read the article and look into the data, but you're just like, economics has this figured out. Women aren't treated equally. I weigh tables, and the girls get a thousand dollar tips, and I only get a hundred dollar tips because he tips girls a thousand dollars. Clearly, there isn't a gender pay gap. That. Personal experience, you right. know what I mean? Right. So that's one of the things that causes truth decay. Another one is changes in the information system, such as the rise of social media and basically our information flow. So the news never stops now. Right, 24 hour news cycle. And that kind of just can lead to, instead of like long thought out opinions, it's quick stuff. One of the problems with social media is it's, it's just never ending. Like, can you imagine trying to scroll to the bottom of your Facebook page? It's impossible. You just keep going and going until... Literally, you start it's impossible. Facebook. Yeah, I hear you. I, I, one thing I notice off the social media, though, people are trying to be first, but not trying to be right. So you're not going to get facts all the time. You're going to get a lot of opinions. Like but how do you stand out in endless data? You either say something crazy extreme hateful, or like, you're the absolute worst, LeBron James isn't clutch, he's only half the player MJ was. Mm. Like, that's how you get... When, when, when there's endless data on your timeline, only the most positive and the most crazy things stand out. So the prettiest picture, look at my car, look at me with my six pack, that stands out. Instead of like normal picture. Crazy opinion piece like Hillary Clinton should be in jail, she's the devil. That stands out. So that's like how we get our information when it's constant, only the extremes, we only see the extremes because it's always coming to us. Interesting. That's truth decay, right? Yes, that's one of the causes. Yes. There's a lot, there's what, four causes, right, for truth decay? Well, that's what they cover in the book. Okay. I'm sure there are more. I believe it. So another one is competing demands on the educational system that limit to keep its chase with, to keep pace with the information system. So it's talking about the reduced emphasis on civic education, media literacy, and critical thinking. Students need this exact type of skills to identify bias and separate facts from, from opinion. But they don't teach that in school. 
No, sir. There's not a media literacy class in school. There's a civic education class, but it's not near complicated enough for 2018. And critical thinking, I wish there was a class like this. I wish they have programs, I guess, these days, but you gotta, your parents got to sign you up for it when you're under 18, etc. So I definitely hear you on that. And there's just like, we're just more polarized than ever before because social media creates echo chambers where you only follow people that think like you, you only follow news stations that think like you. And so you just you get this bouncing. So you get more polarized. And the consequences of truth decay in the book, they say is the erosion of civil discourse. Without a common set of facts, it becomes nearly impossible to have a meaningful debate about important policies and topics. So if I'm trying to talk to you about immigration and you just totally dismiss everything I just like we just talked about, then you're just wait. There's no way we can have a conversation because I'll be like, look at the facts, and he'd be like, that's not true. Pay attention to my opinion. I hear. You. Or you can just dismiss my facts and be like, well, you don't know how those facts came from. You don't know the biases in there. And there's there are clearly some biases. Think about like climate change. There are a lot of people who don't agree with climate change. They're like, uh, uh, that's just that's just people paying the scientific researchers to think that. Right. Here's a study that says it's not true. So you have to like fight that there. And this creates like, there's no civil discourse because nothing's true because we can dismiss it so easy. That's what the book talks about. They talk about political paralysis was what you just said. And just uncertainty. If we're uncertain, you can't ever have a solution to something. Here it is in the book you were talking about. Ha! Sure. I like it. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. Like if, whenever there's a problem like that and two people aren't agreeing with each other, how, how are you going to solve the issue? Like climate change for an issue. Um, with truth decay being the issue between say I don't believe it you do how could we actually solve that issue if there's facts for it I keep bringing up these unnecessary facts about like oh it's not true boom it was 90 degrees in January it was 90 degrees exactly in January. <laughs> exactly and the next day it was like 42 it's ridiculous the next day it was a snowstorm mm, bars so clearly weather and boat are weather and climate the same thing who makes that definition up? Like you can go all day. Stop. If there's no facts, it's just like it's impossible to have civil discourse. If you can just dismiss everything, if you think you're smarter than all these researchers, if you think these researchers all are being paid, then like you just you create a world where you never have to leave your opinion. There's something in this book, I'm trying to find it, but you know there's a lot of pages. It was talking about cognitive bias. Ah. Actually, can I have that over Control here? F, cognitive bias. Anyway, I'm trying to find it, but it had the most interesting section, page 81, I've ever seen. They said what they would they would show people facts that were against their cognitive bias, and they said whenever they presented people with these facts, you would want to know what happened to them. What's that? They would double down on their opinion. Wait, this isn't true. They would dismiss it. It's on page 81 on 154. It's just people being stubborn, man. But we're all stubborn. Yeah, for sure. But whenever you're doubling down on your opinion versus a fact, that's just being stubborn to a whole different level. Okay, so here it is. Here's the section. Cognitive bias and the ways in which human beings process information and make decisions cause people to look for information, opinion, and analysis that confirm pre-existing beliefs. So, unlike the other drivers of truth decay, cognitive bias and other aspects of cognitive processing have not changed in recent years, but are common and consistent characteristics of human cognition. 
Cognitive bias can be exploited by the agents of truth decay and trying to skip around. There's basically, it says, this is a massive chapter. Basically it says like, an extensive body of empirical research investigates how mental, how, how, how often people use mental shortcuts to process information that confirm their beliefs, opinions. One of the most important cognitive biases is the human tendency to hold on to prior beliefs, even with presented clearly demonstrated facts that basically show that their, that their beliefs are incorrect and misguided. For instance, they talk about it in a research paper in which individual misperceptions on a range of topics are resilient to correct information. In fact, people do not just maintain pre-existing beliefs. Being confronted with corrective information can make mis misconceptions more ingrained and cause people to become less willing to consider other alternatives. That's crazy, right? I, I was just like, damn. What do we do with people like that? Like, how do how do we handle situations like that, JP? It's on page two hundred. I have that tag. Hold up. Ha, take that world while he has that tag. I'm really sitting here lost. Like, whenever you're dealing with all these facts, truth decay is real. Obviously, I understand that now. When there's different types, right? My, what I'm not understanding is the solution. Like that. That sounds wild to me. Like, how could you sit there next to somebody that is looking at facts? Is hearing facts, but they're doubling down on their opinions, like you said before. I like that uh, term there, doubling down. And the fact that he's looking up this stuff right now to give me an answer is even doper because he read this 300-page book. That, uh... So, I mean, one of the things they said is you have to present it in a very non-aggressive way. Now, that might sound easy, but if I, like... I get upset when people disagree with facts sometimes, though. It's like, dude, but... What are you looking at? Yeah, but you think it's a fact, even though it's just an opinion in your head. So sometimes, like what they said in here was, I can't find it, it's too many pages. I don't want people to listen to silence while I scroll on the MacBook. <laughs> You're good, man. But one of the things they said is you have to, it's how you present it. So you ask them questions. And you like, you hear their argument out and you're like, well, what about this? And then you show them information. And one of the things they said is they said, if you go to like a court or a jury, and they, they think the guy is guilty. People look at facts harder when the information is more difficult to read or it's in charts. So they change the font to make it really small. People like really look at it. So they read it twice and they understand it better. So sometimes it's just how you present the information. So if we're talking about, I don't know, climate change, and right. you don't believe it, I can be like, why don't you believe it? And one of the things they said was like, this is gonna sound crazy, but they said listening, like you have to, hear out all of their opinions. And then you can be like, well, what about, have you heard about this? It's kind of crazy, it's not too, it's kind of on your side, kind of not, and you present it to them. I had trouble reading this. Can you help me read this? Look at this chart. And then you both look over it. And instead of you presenting it as, you're wrong and here's the facts why, it's more like, well, what about this? I'm having a little trouble understanding this or like, what is your opinion on this? And then they look at it, and then whenever they're forced to try to like read it and understand it, that helps with changing opinions. I kind of get what you're saying here. I feel like uh, patience has a lot to do with it. You can't let your emotions get involved on either side because facts, they're either facts or they're an opinion. And I feel like with opinions, there's emotion. If you have facts, there's no reason to get upset or even try to convince this person that they are wrong. Listen to what they have to say, then counter whatever they had to say with your facts. Absolutely. Another thing they said here was, I like it, I like it. You gotta get out of your echo chamber. 
So like I have Twitter. Twitter mm -hmm. is my favorite social media, even though I refuse to tweet. Mm -hmm. I absolutely refuse to tweet and I refuse to look at comments because there's comments on Twitter are like comments on YouTube. They are the worst. Mm -hmm. But the thing is on my Twitter, it's just news stations I approve, I approve of. It's like Rancor, where we got this from. Right. Cato Institute, The Economics, The Atlantic, NPR. It's just, it's news organizations I agree with. It's my echo chamber. So one of the things I do and they talk about in the book is you need to be able to present both sides to an argument. So for instance, I'm not huge on building the wall, but I can give you a better argument than most people can for it. Right. I can give you a hell of an argument for it. Honestly, because it's not all like every like that that opinion of you wanting to build a wall isn't there's there's some a lot of logic there. And you have to be able to point that out and then counter it with your logic and that's how you build that's how you build a solution. You have to know both sides of the argument. I like that. So that's one of the things they talk about in here is like get out of your echo chamber, be a critical thinker. And like, don't just like, oh, I don't like this research paper, I'm gonna dismiss it. Look into like how the research is being presented. Like, does it say who this person is, where they got the money from? It should say that in the actual paper. If it doesn't, if it's giving you all these links, it's probably true. You can get it fact checked, you can go online, see how other, like other peer reviewed research listen to it, find other opinions that you don't agree with, understand them, listen to them, know both sides and work to build. I like it, I like it. So that was another one of the solutions they had. They have a lot of solutions in here, a lot of consequences too. Literally it's a 200 page book, it's 100 pages of references. Oh, it was an awesome book. But the main thing is like, we know social media and this distrust and allowing of opinion is creating a fake news culture. Right. where we, it's gonna make people angry. We have a president lying constantly right. on his Twitter. And no one's being like, well, here's the facts, buddy. He's, and he's largely lying about stuff that isn't like, why are you lying about this? Like, you don't even have to lie about these things. And he's saying anything that's negative about me, I'm gonna call fake. And it's building a distrust. So everyone's, it's the trend now. Everyone's calling everything fake news. Right. You only listen to things that can, if it's my opinion, I agree with it. And that's what Truth Decay is. And that's what this whole book's about, and it's awesome. And I wanted to talk about it. I know, I'm glad that you did, because I definitely didn't, I got the gif of it, like I said, you know, I did. Then hearing you explain everything, it, it made way more sense to me. I see why you, you like it so much. I can also see why you read this book, because that's definitely who you are. <laughs> If you are reading the book, there are more solutions on page 244. Also, the book is for free. I'm going to link it in the description. I want to cover more of the solutions, the ones I just didn't remember. If I could scroll down to the page. Also, there's a lot of cool charts in the book. Cool charts are great. That's why I thought Tim would like this, but you know. I definitely saw some charts whenever I was uh, looking at stuff online. <laughs> not enough charts for Tim? Not, not enough for, for Tim, though. You're absolutely right. But yeah, there's a whole chapter on it, and yeah, there's, they said they said educational interventions, like what sort of community outreach programs might increase political engagement and awareness in local communities, because that's another thing they talked about in the book. If you don't trust, if we don't have trust in our institution, institutions, we're less likely to vote. We're less likely to be involved in community activities. We build some trust in facts. 
civic engagement is going to be a lot higher. How can media literacy and civic principles be ingrained into our existing courses in high school and college? Yeah, there's all kinds. Look at these, Tim. Look. Ah. All kinds of solutions. Improving the, the information market, institutional development and rebuilding, building social, bridging social divides, like how can social and demographic polarization be reduced? Can polarization be overcome with just pressure to make people talk to each other? It's the whole book. It's an awesome book. It's about truth decay. Yeah. The positive thing, Tim. It is positive, man. I do like that. I like the fact that I had a bunch of solutions because that's all I kept thinking was like, this is a big problem. Like, I understand it's a problem, but what are the solutions? And basically this book is an, it's an open-ended question. They said there's a lot of there's a lot of solutions. We don't have them all. Right. Here are just some questions that further research can do. So the solutions in this book is they give suggestions per chapter and then they're like, here's here's 50 other questions that stems from this. This is further research we're going to be doing and we suggest you, someone out there, we want you to help us out with. Interesting. I wonder if they like would accept any kind of feedback when it comes to uh, other questions that aren't asked in the book. Absolutely. If you have a question that you think would help, if it's not in the book, email us, we will talk about it. JP will talk about it with you because Tim is still trying to learn this himself. So how you should have read it, man. Man, I have no time to read a 300-page book. I barely have time to read it. Like it's only like 250. <laughs> it's like 100 pages of like just the... Uh... Sources? Yeah. I'm actually like more uh, interested in reading it now that you explained it so much. Uh, it seems very interesting. Look at you, JP. If you motivate me, if I actually read this book, I'm going to be highly upset with you. <laughs> Why would you be upset? Because, man, I haven't read a book. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> man, I, would, I wouldn't be upset. I would be... Uh, I'd be upset that you have that kind of influence on me to actually read a book. I think you do, though. Oh! I think we're running out of time, Tim. Do you have a quote? Oh, I do, man. Um, if you tell the truth, you don't have to remember anything. <laughs> Facts. Nice. <laughs> Hopefully you enjoy the book. Hopefully you enjoy the episode. We'll be back on Monday. We're out. Stay positive. <gasps>